Welcome to All Ears, the official podcast of the Cedar Rapids Colonels, presented by Miracle Ear. I'm your host and voice of the Colonel, Calvin Cristoforo. On the podcast, you'll hear from past and present Cedar Rapids baseball influencers, including players, managers, executives, insiders, and more. Cedar Rapids Colonels, let the good times roll. It's an off-season edition of the Colonel's Elier podcast presented by Miracle Ear. We welcome in the 2023 Midwest League Manager of the Year, a Midwest League champion. Manager Brian Dinkelman joins the program for our first guest here on the off-season. Coach, how's the off-season been? You've had a couple of weeks to reminisce on this title run. How are things? All good, Calvin. Uh, back at home with the family and enjoying some downtime and playing a little bit of golf here in the off-season and uh, you know, getting ready for uh, next season here shortly. Well, there you go. You've had some time to digest what was a crazy, successful winning season in 2023. When you think right now, when you pause and look back on it, what are some of the things you're going to remember as highlights of what was this past season? Yeah, what an incredible season. Uh, you know, from the start that was slow for us, and then we got on a roll there in May, and it seemed like, uh, you know, we just kept winning series after series and was able to get into the playoffs once again, and then, you know, finally to get over that hump and Won a championship there in Cedar Rapids, which I know has been a long time coming. And, uh, you know, I know everybody in the Colonels and with the Twins are excited to uh, finally get that championship. 29 years since the last championship, Benji Molina, who we had honored into the Colonels Hall of Fame this year, was on that team back in 1994. So that just gives you a snapshot of how long it's been. Let's start at the beginning. You mentioned the slow start. I mean, 5-0 and to begin the season and then five wins, eight straight losses. You're sitting at five and eight. That eight-game losing streak did end up being the longest of the season, but it felt like the team got off to such a hot start at five and oh, and then eight straight losses, and you look up your five and eight. Yeah, you know, with our roster that we had coming out of spring training, we had a lot of young guys, so we figured there would probably be some ups and downs early in the season until everybody got comfortable, and, um, you know, I think eighth probably a little bit more than what we were hoping for for a little bit of a tough stretch but uh you know once we got through that and the guys started settling in and uh played pretty well there for the while was able to start winning some series so uh yeah the not the ideal start that we wanted there after the uh eight straight losses eight straight losses you're five and eight and you lost five of six in the series against Beloit. i don't want to harp on the negatives here because this is a a positive episode we're doing but uh you guys did not lose another series after that in in beloit outside of the state of Wisconsin. You were winless in series in Wisconsin, but you were unbeaten in series out of Wisconsin, six-game series it is, because we did have that, I say we, but the team of that two-to-three two, uh, two to three win streak at the end of the All-Star break, the three-game series in Beloit. But what was up with Wisconsin? <laughs> Everywhere else, it was good. North Country, not so good. Yeah, for some reason, we went up there, just had a tough time. You know, like we had that first series there in Beloit, and – it was not ideal conditions that week and we didn't play our best at the time and, you know, drop that series. And then whenever we went to Wisconsin, it, uh, they had a good team up there. They had a lot of good players. I felt like in Wisconsin and I uh, just had a tough time against their pitching staff. And uh, I know that last series of the season, we were dealing with some guys not feeling well and uh, some stuff going around the clubhouse. So a couple of tough stretches there, but uh, other than that, an overall good season. Yeah. That's an aside. We're going to move forward and go with the more positive things here. <laughs> What do you think was the turning point in the year, right? You said May when the calendar flipped, you guys got on a streak, and that was very easy to see. What do you think happened in that streak that made you guys look up and say, hey, that changed, and now we're ready to go? 
Yeah, you know, we were in all those games for the most part. They were competitive. We just were on the wrong side of them. Um, and then we had that two-week stretch where we went to, I believe, it was South Bend and Quad Cities uh, and was able to win both those series. And it felt like they got a little momentum and the guys were getting their confidence back a little bit because we had a lot of really good players on the team, um, you know. And quite a few of them just kind of got off the slow starts there in April. Um, and then once we hit that first of May, middle of May, guys started playing well and started to warm up a little bit. And I think the confidence grew for some of the guys and just kind of kept rolling from there. And you've been with the Colonels, you know, for a good amount of time now. And you, you've seen that people from warmer climates, you know, I'm just off the top of my head here. Colette Rosario, who got up to a tough start in April and was just incredible from May on. A Hawaii kid. Played his first couple of seasons in the twin system in Fort Myers. And now you get to come up and play uh, April in Wisconsin and Iowa, two not so warm uh, climates. How tough is that transition for guys like that when they're playing in the wet, in the cold weather for really the first time in their career? Yeah, it's definitely a factor. Guys who have never experienced it and you're out there playing night games when it's low 40s, upper 30s, and having a hard time feeling your fingers or feet or whatever. And Sometimes you're mentally thinking about it. I just want to get back inside instead of being out on the field. So it, it is a bit of a grind. And those guys who have never experienced it before, um, you know, it takes a bit of adjustment. But I think it's good for all of them to experience it and to know what it's like. So going forward, you know, if they get to St. Paul or to Minnesota, they're going to have to experience that same thing again also. Um, so now they'll be prepared and know what to expect. And, um, you know, sometimes guys don't get off to good starts, but then they can finish hot the rest of the season just like uh, Rosario did. And if, as you say that, you move up the ranks, it doesn't get much easier when it comes to temperature because you're going more north to St. Paul and it to Minnesota. So we get into May. Was there a point when you realized in the season, not realized, but maybe thought like, wow, this team has a chance to do something special here this season? Yeah, you know, we had we had a lot of good players at spring training. And then we had a lot of help come from Fort Myers, especially on the pitching side. Um, and when you have good pitching, it always gives you a chance to win baseball games every day. Um, you know, and we had a lot of really good performances from our pitching staff and uh, give us a chance to win ball games. And then our offense kind of kept doing what they had done uh, most of the season and score a bunch of runs and get on base and hit home runs. So um, I don't think you ever expect to maybe have your best season ever or that you just know you have a chance to every day to win ball games. And, um, you know, we had a lot of God, a lot of good players that put up good performances for the season and then uh, give us a chance just to win ball games every single day. And you've been a part of some teams here in Cedar Rapids that have had a ton of success, you know, making the playoffs 10 straight seasons. You've been a part of a bunch of those teams. And, you know, going back to even last year in 2022, the team wins the first half and then the second half is a little bit slower. And then you get in the playoffs and South Bend jumps you. This year, though, win the first half and then you continue that success into the second half. How hard or how not hard is it to you know, have that first half win in your pocket and keep playing like you have something to play for in the final, you know, half of the season where there's 60 plus games that really, when you look at it, don't mean all too much when it comes to the playoffs or standings and stuff like that. Yeah, it's always nice to get in the playoffs the first half. Um, But then also from those individual performances, you know, we were in as a team in the first half, but they're still playing for the team and themselves in the second half. They're still trying to get promoted or um, you know, put up good performances to help move their careers along so they can get on to the next level. So um, it's always nice to clinch early, uh, but the guys are still going out there playing hard and you're still trying to win every day because it's not fun when you're losing and, um, you know, trying to carry some momentum in the playoffs. And even though we kind of slid there at the very end that last week, I still felt like we had had a really good second half and uh, felt like we were ready to go. 
And I'm glad you mentioned the individual performances, because that's something that I chatted with Drew McPhail, whose podcast episode you can listen to on the Colonel's Ollie broadcast presented by Miracle Lear. Go back. I believe we recorded that episode in early July. But a lot of people, I think, get the misconception in minor league baseball that it's really only about individual performances and there's not much team building. It's not much about the team. How wrong is that misconception that winning really matters to these guys, not just, okay, I go three for four, which is important to them, obviously, as they try to progress into their career, but to make winning plays and have a winning attitude, how important is that? And how often is that seen, you know, with the Colonels and around the minor leagues? Yeah, it's, it goes both ways. You want to do well as an individual because you're always, your ultimate goal is to try to make it to the big leagues, but you're also wanting to win ball games and build the atmosphere around the clubhouse because it's more fun when you win. And you also learn how to win too, because when you get to the big league level, it's all about winning up there. And if you're uh, used to winning at the minor league level or coming up through with players who are used to winning in the minor leagues, I think it builds that repertoire between the guys and then also hopefully can carry it to the big league. So, um, you know, I know these guys this year are excited because they would come to the ballpark every day, ready to work, but they were also they were confident too and talking to each other about, hey, we're going to go out and win another ball game again today. So uh, I think once you get that confidence as a player and as a team, it kind of just builds each day. And it seems like that's a pretty contagious attitude to get once you get it. Is that something throughout the twin system that is preached that we want to create this winning mindset so our guys go up and get to target field and they know how to win? Yeah, I think so. We, you know, we want to do well individually, but we also want to try and win when we can. Um, you know, some days you're not going to play well, and also some days you may not have everybody available to, uh, you know, try to win the ball game that day. But, um, you know, more times than not, we're trying to win as many ball games as possible or at least give ourselves the opportunity to win each day. is important to living life to the fullest. That's why inside every Miracle Ear store, you'll find better laughs set family barbecues. You'll find a better life is in store at Miracle Ear when you experience the Miracle Ear exclusive advantage. It starts with our free hearing assessment, plus innovative products that will fit your needs and budget. With free service and adjustments for life, call 319-243-7105 to schedule a free hearing evaluation and find a better life in store. Our local Miracle Ear team is proud to support the Cedar Rapids Colonels. Group outings are a great way to unwind and enjoy a night out, and we invite you to reach out to our group sales staff and see all the options we have. Everybody, everybody, everybody knows when you're at the game, the good times roll. Hey, hey, Colonels, let the good times roll. Cedar Rapids Colonels, let the good times roll. Calvin Christopher, Cedar Rapids Colonels manager Brian Dingleman, the Midwest League Manager of the Year in 2023, talking all things Colonels in the championship victory this past season in Cedar Rapids over the Great Lakes Loons. What a night that was to win it at home in front of the home fans. Because it's one thing to win a championship, and yes, in Cedar Rapids, it has it's been 29 years, so they would have taken a championship, you know, regardless. But to win it at home, that just seems like a cherry on top to what was a memorable year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, those last two games, their games two and game three at home, the crowd was amazing. Uh, you know, being middle of September, school nights, uh, it was still playoff baseball, but with the crowds were awesome. They were into the ball games, they were excited. 
Um, you know, when Emmanuel Rodriguez hit that grand slam, I don't think I've ever heard ever heard it so loud in there to uh, give us that lead and then to finally win it there in the seventh inning, um, you know, the excitement in the crowd. So, yeah, the, the fans were awesome, and to be able to win it at home there in front of them was uh, really exciting. The playoff format now with the two series, one away, well, in this case, as it was set up with the first half champion being the home seed, the home field advantage team in the first half, and then the Midwest League Championship Series, or this year the East team was the road team and the West team was the home team. You've been through a couple of different variations the postseason when it was single A level uh, before the pandemic, then in 2021 when it was just the two biggest teams, and now in 2022 and 2023, this new playoff format. Is this a format you enjoy, you think, with the two series, three games, one on the road, two at home? Yeah, it's it's a quick series. You know, you got to come out and be ready to play uh, right away, especially if not. It can be over real quick. Um, you know, going back to when it was low A, it was, it was three rounds and it was best of three, best of three, best of five. So uh, to get through that and try to win a championship at that with that way the format was was tough. And then uh, in 21, there was kind of a different year with the first COVID year, I guess, back. And it was just the top two teams. We played a best of five series. So, uh, yeah, this new format's good. You know, four teams were in and um, you know, a quick two game, two, three game series and try to win a championship. What are some of the challenges of, of these series? And why do you think you guys were able to come in on top in the two series that you did play? Yeah. You know, we got good pitching pretty much the whole time in the playoffs and it keeps us in the ball game. And, um, you know, that first game of the championship series, you know, we were fell behind early, but the guys stayed with it and the pitching job or the bullpen did an awesome job keeping us in it. And then we got the big home run there by McCusker in the ninth to, uh, help us win the ball game. So, um, you know, as long as you have pitching and it keeps you in a ball game, it gives your offense a chance to try to get you back in it. I'm glad you mentioned pitching because that translates uh, transitioned just beautifully to Corey Lewis in the year that he had, you know, starting in single A Fort Myers and then with the Colonels at the end of the year, just named the Twins minor league pitcher of the year. Just a great year for Corey. What do you think made him so sharp? You know, the transition from single to high A is a pretty big one, but he had a lot of success down there. What do you think made him so sharp when he got to Cedar Rapids? Yeah, Corey had a phenomenal year for us down in Fort Myers and with us. Um, you know, he throws strikes and his repertoire of pitches that he has is very unique. So I think it, it helps keep the hitters off balance some because they don't really know what to expect and they see a knuckleball that very few pitchers have. So, um, you know, it allows him to have some success and he does a good job with the other pitches that he has also. And uh, he was huge for us there in the playoffs, even though he wasn't feeling the best his first start and then uh, came back there and was able to pitch an amazing game there in game three to help us win the championship. Had you ever coached anyone before that threw a knuckleball? Not coached, not coached against. I played against a few guys when I was playing, but uh, yeah, the first one I've ever had as a coach. It's such an interesting thing because teams are thrown off by it. I don't know anyone else in the league that did throw the knuckleball, but it's just a tough pitch to pick up on when you see it for the first time. Yeah, especially at the velocity he throws it at when it's 84 to 86 because most knuckleballs are upper 70s, maybe 80 miles an hour. So to have that extra velo on it and then the movement uh, makes it a tough pitch to hit. I think one of the things that also made the Colonels so good this year was the core group really was able to stay, the, stay together most of the season. You know, Tanner Schulbe got off to such a good start. He left the team, you know, promoted uh, mid-July. He earned that promotion after he was so good for, with, with Cedar Rapids all year long. But how much easier is it, you know, to, to coach a team that's really felt like they're together and it's the same group all season long? Yeah, when you have that core group like that that's here the whole season, everybody gets to know each other really well. You know what guys can do. 
what guys, what positions can play and other things they can do. Um, so it makes it a little bit easier because a lot of times, you know, guys play well and then they leave halfway through the season and move on to the next level, which is awesome for their development and gets them closer to where they want to be. Um, but like we said earlier, we had a lot of young guys early in the season. So for them to get promoted, it was going to take a really strong performance or just let them stay here and have a really good season and then, then move on next season. One of those guys, and we touched on him a bit earlier, but Coletti Rosario named the Midwest League MVP. He just had such a monster season this year in Cedar Rapids. What do you think was one of the two biggest pieces to his success and why he was so good with us this year? Yeah, Rosie had a really, really amazing season. Uh, you know, I don't think he hit his first home run until first week of May or something like that and ended up hitting 20 or so. Um but he does such a good job with the strike zone. He will take his walks sometimes when they give it to him. I think he had an 80, 90 walks, something like that, which for such a young player in high A uh, is really impressive. And then be able to do damage with the baseball when he does hit it. So, yeah, Rosie was uh, really amazing this year. Bunch of different guys offensively had monster years. Ben Ross, also someone that was called up right at the end. But with Rosie in that home run race, a guy that – Said he didn't hit his first home run until he was in, in college, a little smaller guy. But Ben just had such a good impact on this team, ability to play all different positions as well. Missed the playoffs, but still someone that was with the Colonels all season long and had a phenomenal year. Yeah, Ben coming, you know, from a smaller college school. And, um, you know, he his athletic ability is amazing. He can play multiple positions. He can run. He has power in his bat. Um, so, yeah, he has – a lot of a lot of tools that makes him a really good baseball player. And, uh, you know, he did a nice job for us there and earned that promotion up to double A there toward the end of the season. We touched on how good the pitching was really as a group as well. This is kind of a two-part question in, you can say, a couple different guys. But a lot of people look and they look at the stats and they know Emmanuel for, you know, where he ranks on all the websites and stuff like that. They see the 20 home runs from Rosie. But who do you think is a guy that, you know, didn't get the recognition they deserve for how they played this year. One as a position player and one on the pitching side. Yeah. I mean, Noah Miller was really strong on defense. His offense got better as the season went on. I know the first half was probably not what he was looking for, but his second half was a lot better, especially from the left side. But his defense was so strong every day at shortstop to make amazing plays for us, um, you know, to help the pitchers out and, um, you know, just get us extra outs that, you know, most shortstops probably don't make that play. So that was uh, really strong for us. And then on the pitching side, man, we had a lot of strong performances. I know CJ was good when he came up from Fort Myers and uh, Andrew Morris was really strong. Those six, seven starts that he had for us. And um, he was throwing one of his best games ever there in game two of the championship series before the rain started. And uh, he was really good for us. So once he got here. Stay connected with the Cedar Rapids Colonels all year long by following the Colonels on social media. Catch up with the Colonels on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CRColonel. Calvin Christoforo, Colonels manager Brian Dinkelman here reminiscing on what was the 2023 Wesley Championship Series winners, the Cedar Rapids Colonels' first title in Cedar Rapids since 1994. We've kind of beat around this question a couple of times, but when you look at it this season, what do you think made this team different than the 
nine other Colonels teams in the past, the teams you've been a part of with the Colonels that fell a bit short when it came to the postseason? Yeah, I just feel like we were really strong on both sides of the baseball. Offense was really good, led the league in runs, power, get on base, and the pitching staff was amazing too. Starting The starting pitching was really good. They get deep, deep into ball games, and it helps out your bullpen also where you don't have to rely on them to get five, six innings every night. So, um, you know, both sides of the baseball really strong. And then, you know, when you get in the playoffs, they're three-game series. never know what might happen. You know, we had some big performances there. And like we said, McCusker with a big home run. Emmanuel Rodriguez had a couple of big games there in the playoffs for us. So, um, you know, a couple of guys really stepped up there in the moment and uh, was able to help us win. I think a group on this team that we haven't mentioned that I think deserves a lot of the credit too is your fellow coaches on the coaching staff. A couple of first-year coaches with the Twins organization, Corbin Day, Jonas Lovin, Carlos Hernandez, obviously a major league pitcher. Um, just a good group of coaches um, in there with Jason Perez as well. How much impact do you think they had in this team success? You know, Corbin working with the hitters every day, Carlos and and uh, Jonas on the pitching side and Jason obviously as well with the hitters and the development side of things as well. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, even though manager of the year goes to me, it's, it's a staff award because I can't do it without those guys, you know, Corbin, Jason, every day preparing the hitters to, uh, you know, be ready to face the pitchers that we're starting against and the bullpen guys. Um, and I think Drew said it best, like whenever new guys would come in out of the bullpen, like all the hitters run over to Corbin and Jason to like get information that we're going to, what we're going to see from, from the uh, pitcher that day. So I think it just shows how much the hitters buy into what they're being taught from those guys and uh, understand what they're trying to do. And then Jonas and Carlos were amazing with the pitching staff too. Um, you know, those guys were ready to pitch every day. Um uh, you know, they did an amazing job of, you know, pounding the strike zone, striking guys out and, um, you know, helping us win the championship. So, yeah, the staff was amazing this year. I know we had some new guys and the whole staff was new to me. I never worked with any of them before, but I felt like we gelled, gelled together really well after the first few weeks and got to know each other. So uh, it, was, it was a really good season. And you mentioned buy-in when, you know, hitters would go over to Corbin and, and buy-in what he was preaching. I'm sure that's something that, you know, happens most of the time, but not all the time when they're fully committed to the teachers that are teaching them. On this team, did you feel like it was a complete unit buy-in? And if so, how important was that in the success this year? Yeah, I think it just takes time um, to get used to knowing the players and understanding what information that they like and which one, what players don't like what information. So, um, you know, once they get to know each other and uh, go over the plan of what we're going to do that night and what the pitchers that we're going to face, what they're trying to, to do to us. And I think the hitters really – they really trusted Corbin and Jason. Like they were going to give them a good plan and like give them information that they could go up to the plate and have an idea of what they're going to do for the night. And um, I think the results speak for themselves. One of the league's top offenses, of course, one of the league's top pitching staffs added together a pretty good year in a Midwest league championship in 2023. When you look back on it, do you have a favorite moment or memory from this season? I'm sure there's a bunch that may come to mind. But we'll take the winning the championship and holding the trophy out of the equation. Do you have a favorite memory that you're going to remember from this season? Ooh, I don't know. We had we had so many stretches there where we played well. Uh, we had, I think, three six-game winning streaks, whatever, something like that. Um, you know, just the competitiveness that we had every night. I think we only had just – I know we had that one game in South Bend. We kind of got blown out. Maybe there been one other one. But it seemed like every night we were – in almost every ball game, I had a chance to win late into a game, which 
uh, during a baseball season, you play 132 games. You're not going to have that almost every night. You're going to have stretches where you have a dozen, 20 games, whatever, where you're just not in it that night. But um, yeah, I mean, I think just the environment and the clubhouse of winning every night and how excited they were uh, to win ball games and then be come back the next day and be ready to do it again. So uh, I just the whole season in general was just a blast for all of us. How important do you think that aspect is in a 132 game season to stay fresh and keep the hunger going? Because I feel like when you look at the end of the season, sometimes the lights at the end of the tunnel, okay, I'm, I'm ready for this to be done. But it seemed like the guys weren't ready for it to be done. They always had that comeback and that fight in them. You know, did you see that as well? And how critical was that in the success this year? Yeah, I I, I think you're 100% right on that. You know, sometimes you get close in the season, you know, guys have been playing since middle of February when spring training starts. And, you know, it's a grind. And I get to that point where, like, I, you know, I'm still playing baseball, but I'm also – I'm ready to go home for a little bit. And, like you said, I don't think those guys felt that this way. I think they were wanting to win um, since we had clinched there in the first half. And I think they wanted to win that championship and uh, knew that whenever the season was over, they'd go home whenever it was over. So I think they were ready to stay and try to put their best foot forward to uh, win that title. Well, they were ready to stay, and they, and they won the championship in 2023. Midwest League Manager of the Year, Brian Dingleman, joining us. Dink, thanks so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it, and I hope potentially maybe we'll we'll see you again next year. Absolutely, Calvin. Thanks for having me on, and hopefully may I'll see you guys again next year. That is the Cedar Rapids Colonels All Year Podcast presented by our friends over at Miracle Year. We're rolling out an off-season podcast series this year, so make sure you stay tuned for that. This is off-season episode one here in the 2023-2024 off-season. Choosing Miracle Year was a great decision. Like when I decided to host family movie nights. Miracle Year made it easy. I just booked an appointment and a certified hearing care professional evaluated my hearing loss and helped me find the right device calibrated to my unique hearing needs. Now I enjoy every moment, the quiet ones and the loud ones. Your local Miracle Ear team is proud to support your Cedar Rapids Colonels. Enjoy the game.